What is going on, Irregulars? Welcome back on another Thursday. It's your boy, Bobby. And Katie. Caitlin, welcome back. Thank you. You too, Bobby. <sighs> it's been a week, huh? It has been a week. I feel like it's been three months, but it's been like four days since we've sat down on this microphone. <laughs> I know. And it's like, God damn, like how much more do we do? You know, like we do a lot. But we love it. Yes, we do a lot. Yeah. And I just want to commend you for that real quick. Right back at you. You are like... The person that keeps me going, because I think, I mean, I'm a, I'm a procrastinator, number one, um, but I, I'd probably be sleeping a lot more and recording a lot less if it weren't for you, so thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I do it because I'm like, damn, she like came onto the show. She's like way better than I am, so like oh. I have to keep going, so... Well, yeah. thank you, but I think it's a team effort. We're both great. Can we high five? Air five. Virtual high five. Virtual. Wow. See, I'm tired, guys. So, Bobby, how are you? <laughs> good, good. Um, I just want to speak to a little bit of like what you uh, what you spoke to last week. Um, as most of you know who follow our personal Instagram pages and our podcast page. And if you don't, you fucking should. What she said. Always plug. And um, we had a really big opportunity um, for the podcast to have a really killer episode that we are going to be releasing for you guys um, very shortly. But I do want to say that Caitlin had mentioned last week about how all these people are like now slowly starting to reach out. Mm -hmm. Right. And they're like, Hey, I have this, or you guys should talk about that. And we posted um, like a bunch of teasers and stuff like that recently for this big episode that we're going to release for you guys. And I got more DMs or text messages in the first 48 hours after posting those teasers from people who are like, I have a story I want to tell. Or you guys should talk about this or find someone who can speak to this. And I'm like, yes, this is what we want. It's perfect. This is exactly what we want. And I feel like that opportunity that we got this past Sunday Mm -hmm. to record with, you know, this special guest that we're going to have on. Um, really kind of opened the door for people to be like, okay, I'm comfortable. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. And I want to commend you, Caitlin, for it. But I also just want to commend the, the podcast and our listeners as a whole. Absolutely. Like, I think that's really fucking cool. I think it's great that people that we haven't spoken to in quite a while, because it is most of them are people that we both know mutually. Um, it started out like our best friends, our family, all that kind of stuff. But it's we've reconnected with people that we haven't hung out with or seen in almost a decade. And I think that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I haven't seen you in 10 years. Let's um talk about some really deep shit. Yeah, like that <laughs> yeah. thing that changed your life and really just kind of fucked you up and made you stronger. Let's talk about it. By the way, let's record it. And, and let's record it. And nice seeing you yeah. for the first time in <laughs> 10 years, you know. But with that said, like the people that have come on the show and opened up, I just we're blown away like the strength that it takes number one to open up is so huge and we're so thankful for those guests who are willing to do that and and those that are impacted by listening to it i don't think you guys realize um the feedback that we get is huge and that's we we spoke about it before we hopped on the mic here um britney's episode what was it 29 was that 29 Mm -hmm. oh my gosh the amount of people that hit me up and were like jesus that story was crazy. Yeah, that girl and I'm like, is, is strong. Yeah, like so many people reached out. And I was like, yeah, this is like, it's it's just really cool to seeing like a lot of the hard work that Caitlin and I are putting in for this platform is really starting to cultivate into some pretty powerful stuff. And it's impactful. That's the biggest thing is like the people that will reach out and just say, hey, I don't know 
uh, Shannon personally, who shared about eating disorders, but so many people reached out and said, thank you for talking about this. And they didn't have to go into detail and say, you know, I struggled too, but people that would just say, hey, thanks for talking about this. To me, that means like they needed to hear that and they, it was helpful for yeah, them. Yeah, they, they took um, something from right. the episode. Mm-hmm. They learned something or they felt something was therapeutic or whatever right. value that you find into it or into the episode. Um, you know, people are finding that more and more and more as we keep going. So long and the short, thank you. Yeah, thank you. And please continue to reach out. We're always looking for guests. Um, it makes our lives a lot easier. Um, you guys, you know, we have some things that we like to talk about and we have some grand ideas, but we always say the best episodes come from those who reach out to us and say, Hey, I want to talk about this. Yeah. It makes the conversation just like a lot easier because if I feel like if we plan something, we're like, Hey, I would really like to talk about this, Mm -hmm. which is great. It's a great topic and great idea, but I feel like we kind of have a, like, uh, like a predestined plan for the Mm -hmm. episode as opposed to when someone's like, Hey, I got this wild story and you're like, okay. Let's go into it a little blind, little education. We need a little education, mm-hmm. but let's all go into it mostly blind. Let's figure it out. And then we go, and they wind up being the best conversation. Yeah, and, and then, then both of us sit there like, holy shit. Like, I thought I was fucked up. So, like, it just, one, it makes our job easier, which makes you guys listening to the podcast a heck of a lot easier because we can make more content for you. But honestly, I think it's it's beneficial to other people Mm -hmm. a lot more than it is to Caitlin and I. So again, thank you. And please keep reaching out. We're looking for, we're looking for you. Yeah. Um, so this past weekend, Oh my gosh, we did something so cool. And I, Bobby touched on it a little bit. We were going to try and keep it a secret and not let you guys know what it was, but we are way too impulsive to do that. (laughs) So, so Bobby, Tom, who do we interview? What do we have coming up? So, um, in a couple of weeks, we are going to be talking about mental health and um, a gym that was started by the frontman of August Burns Red, which has been one of my favorite bands since 2003. Um, and the frontman now joined in 2006. His name is Jake Lores. Jake Lores had cultivated a um, spiritual trainer, essentially, um, from South Carolina to help basically build this gym the way that he sees it out as this mental and physical health gym. His name is Joel Chandler. Um, a lot of you who do follow my personal page will see that I have been going to this gym a lot. And, um, basically we just wanted to know what that's like, what that looks like, um, and how that ties into, uh, Jake's, Nonprofit, which is called Heart Support, which right. is about mental health and, and other things. So um, it's going to be a killer episode. It's awesome. We Every expectation that we had going into that was surpassed. Like We had a great crew with us there. It was a traveling podcast, which was a really cool experience. Um, and we're just so excited to get it off the ground and to uh, kick off Mental Health Awareness Month in May with that episode. So stay tuned. It will be a good one. Yes, definitely. But on that note, speaking of people who, yeah, haven't talked to in 10 years or whatever, and a lot of our stuff, you know, has normally been best friends. Let's welcome my best friend. We talk about (laughs) Wagner a lot. Wagner's a homie. We'll get Wagner on here eventually. Um, But I have two best friends, uh, Wagner, and then my buddy Mike from Utah, who I've mentioned on the podcast before. And Mike is actually in town, so what better time to get Mike on the on the podcast? To get Mike on the mic. To get Mike on the mic. So, <laughs> on that note, Mike, what is going on, brother? 
Dude, this is really exciting. Um, you know, thank you guys for having me on here. Uh, I feel like I have a lot to say for this, uh, this episode. So I'm just really fortunate to be here, be healthy during this whole pandemic and, and, you know, maybe share some really good ideas to anyone that's listening or any kind of support that anyone needs, um, for what we're going to talk about. Right. So let's just get into it. Mike, you are how old? I'll be 30 and probably what, three weeks. Caitlin, you should know this. Mike and I have the same birthday. I'm not always trying to play along for the listeners. I know that. (laughs) So the man's almost 30 years old, very good looking, beautiful eyes. We have more to get into this, me complimenting him in a bit. But (laughs) Mike is a gay man who is uh, recently, you've come out within the last 10 years, correct? Yes. I officially came out when I was 23. Okay. So uh, we're just going to get into what Mike's experience was like coming out and then just some of life as a gay man and what that looks like today and you know go from there it's a journey yeah, yeah a journey. we're gonna take mike's gonna take us through his journey um so like i had mentioned mike's been my best friend since we were nine i believe yeah i remember the day because i'm crazy so oh i can't <laughs> wait on instagram we're gonna throw up some throwback pictures of you guys as like little kids oh i'm pumped i know i will we do i don't know where those could be maybe, we'll find them maybe zanga yeah <laughs> 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 oh my gosh. Do not if you find my Xanga, please fucking just light your computer on fire. <laughs> I will post the link in the bio, guys. <laughs> oh jeez. Do you remember I you remember the day? Yeah, uh we had it was fourth grade. I just moved down the street, but it crossed over to a different elementary school. And yeah. uh you and I were sitting next to each other in the front row. We had to do some partner exercise. And I remember you just being really weird. And <laughs> it was kind you. of not, and it was it was once we found out, I think it was when we found out we had the same birthday, that was it since then. Yeah. You know, we just had a lot of similarities and since then we just got really close and just were basically blood brothers since then so. you guys have the same birthday as my college boyfriend did you know that that's crazy we just figured it seems like such a, a popular date <laughs> yeah it's so funny too because like me and mike always talk about how we're long lost twins mm-hmm. and it's really weird how mike and i are the exact same person when we're the same about something it's identical when we are opposite of something we couldn't be further opposite from each other for example for example (laughs) i like girls mike likes guys so and i didn't know this you know what i mean i didn't know this Um, well i didn't either (laughs) should we just get into it quickly before we start yeah sure why not let's do this mike who is your senior prom date uh you (laughs) so you, you guys will see. Mike's a good-looking dude, right? And, like, I was one of those assholes in, in high school that was like, I'm going to go to every single prom that we have every single year. I went to ninth grade formal three times. I went to sophomore dance three times. I went to junior prom twice, senior prom four times, winter ball every single year. So this is my goal. Um, but not only that, like, a hot guy wanted to go with me. I'm like, fuck yes. This is a double win. Like, I'm going to a prom, and, like, this dude's hot. And also, like, we were kind of all friends at that point. So I was like, what? it's a great group. Like, what a win. I'm going to bang my Dave because it's prom. Like, why would I not? Right. So, and I looked really good at that prom. I'm not going to lie to you. you. Like really that, I thought, you I, of all my proms, like that was one of my top, I would say probably three. Um, <laughs> top wow. three looks. Shout out to Ch- Chelsea Stover's, uh, let me her dress. It took me a year to give it back to her. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It was Dana. Anyway, I digress. Um, I tried to sleep with Mike. Aggressively. <laughs> yeah, it was very obvious. And I don't think it was, like, I think it, this was an ongoing thing because once you denied me after prom, like, I tried again at senior week mm-hmm. and then probably up until you came out. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll never forget, like, I got a, a text from one of my friends who was like, yo, Mike has a girl, a, a boyfriend. I'm like, 
Yes! Thank God. Yes. It's not me. It, it was just that I don't have a dick. Like, that was it. That was, it wasn't me. Of course it wasn't me. It was yeah. that I don't have a penis. I know. I just so. wanted to take you shopping, maybe. Not have oh, sex. <laughs> and if only I'd known that then. Like, shit. But that was, like, one of those ego blows to me that was, like, I don't get it. He wants to hang out with me. Like, he took me to prom. Like, we've hung out plenty of times since. He never doesn't answer my texts. Like, what the fuck? And... There it is. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was a rough time, I would have to say, you know, like having that social pressure to, you know, I found you very attractive and I thought, okay, if if I force the straight mentality as in my as my sexuality, like maybe this will change. It's just that when the the thought was easy and then when you were physically in the situation that you were in front of me, you're in the car with me, and it was clearly obvious that yes, this is the we should be having sex later. Yeah. And and I knew that in high school where your reputation is so fragile mm -hmm. that if I could not get up for you, oh. it would be the end of my reputation or I would feel like so embarrassed or people would make fun of me. You know, guys rag on each other, like, oh, what's up, cock block or like yeah. soft dick or yeah. whatever you would say. Oh, and, I didn't think about yeah, that. Yeah, and it's kind of like, I mean, 100% in high school, I would have made fun of you. I know, oh, no shit. Yeah, we Without talked about that before. <laughs> well, I, and I remember thinking at the time too, like, cause we were always like, your group was the fun, most fun group to hang out with, I'll say this. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit because I think that plays a role in mm -hmm. your whole journey. But I remember thinking, like, I loved hanging out with you guys. You were so fun. And then we always had a great friendship. And then prom comes. And I'm like, this dude's, like, fucking ignoring me. Like, why does, like, what? I don't understand. Like, what did I do? Like, I look good. Like, now I get it. Because mm -hmm. you're like, I have to fuck her. I don't know what to do. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, the anxiety that night was intense. Oh, and, I'm sorry. You know, but I had a blast. You know, you were so much fun. You were my perfect beard. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> I should put that in my Tinder profile. Right? I'm a good beard. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but Bobby was... has a perfect beard. I am the perfect beard. Oh, jeez. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but, no, it was, a, it was a good night. It was memorable. It was perfect, I thought, you know. And, obviously, at the end of the night, that was just where I didn't know what to do. Like, I really didn't know what to do. I oh. couldn't tell you. I couldn't. And I also was denying it myself. Oh. So, it was kind of like I knew I was attracted to men since probably – seven or six we can go into in yeah. another conversation but i just remember being at that point at 17 18 years old it's just fighting out of your throat it's yeah. right there like the more you wait the stronger it was fighting you and so it was just difficult for me to like what do i do now now i have her in my car and there's no friends around for me to like excuse something we're not drunk i'm driving like i can't be like oh i'm drunk i can't have sex you know it's just one of those yeah. situations where i'm like i'm literally at a crossroad I'm here. pushed into this corner. Yeah, I'm yeah. in a corner and I have no way of escaping this and she's going to be hurting and she's going to cry and I'm oh. it's my fault, you know? Like, Well, if it's of any consolation, we didn't hang out afterwards. No. And I just slept with a different one of Bobby's friends. Oh, there we, yeah, you, uh, she, so... like, you know, when, when there's a will, you know, you get... <laughs> <laughs> you know, it worked out. Oh, my God. All right, so let's rewind. Mm -hmm. uh, talk us through... I guess high school or I guess just when you started, I guess, realizing, which was seven or eight, you said? Yeah, um, it's kind of funny. I, I don't really talk to too many people about it because it sounds really weird. Um, I first realized that something was different about me um, when I went to Disney World as a vacation. I was seven years old and we went to Blizzard Beach and we had to go to the men's locker room. And I will never forget when I walked in, I was like super attracted to these like naked adult men that are like 40 years old or older and i was seven so it's kind of weird a seven-year-old's like dang like that's hot to me like it's it's doing something to me as a seven-year-old and i don't like it because if i my dad sees me looking 
he's gonna be like, what are you doing? Stop, stop. what are you doing? You well, know? Can I ask, can I pause here and yeah. ask, ask Bobby a question about this because I'm interested. At seven or eight years old, did you have fim- fim- similar feelings about women? Uh, yeah, I used to steal my mom's Victoria's Secret magazines. <laughs> okay, because I don't remember thinking so, like, like th- what Mike was doing for with men internally. I was doing with, with women. women. Yeah. Okay, and did you have those feelings for women as well, Mike? No, um, okay. I did have a period where I I actually was. I think it was just because I was going through puberty. You know, mm-hmm. fast forwarding to you know, I ignored that as I was a seven year old. You're still like kind of really really immature. <laughs> you're just a child. But you're seven. Yeah, so. it was when I, it was right around. I think when I hit like 12 to 13 years old that I started to really like, oh no, like all I can really think about is, you know, when I see a hot guy and it was weird because I was never attracted to people my age, younger, it was like a gap. Like I liked dads, if that, I don't really like to say that as a fetish. Daddies, if you will. (laughs) Basically, or zaddies, they say, you know, Mm -hmm. and and it was like, you know, I'd hang out with a friend, go over to their house, and then I'd see their dad, and I'm like, oh my God, he's hot. And I'm like 12. Wait, I love that. (laughs) I love that. And I'm like, damn it. Like, (laughs) God damn, like, this is really awkward for me. (laughs) Um, I I think one of the best questions that, like, to really describe, um, like, Mike's, the beginning of Mike's journey, like, his realization because I remember when Mike first came out and I, you came down, you were living in New York at the time and came back down to PA and visited and we were hanging out and I was just asking questions because my best friend who I've known since I was nine, you know, was like, I'm gay. And I'm like, wait, I've known you for like almost 15 years. Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. you know, and um, I remember like asking a question and it's one of those things where like the way you word it. It's not how you mean it, but it's just there's no other really way to ask it. I remember I was like, yo, like, so when did you realize you were gay? And I know that's not the right question, but Mike's response was the best. He just goes, when did you realize you were straight? And I was like, yeah. touche. Oh, yeah. And I was is... like, I just I just I just am. I'm just straight. It's as simple as that. Like, I don't know. I didn't realize it. I just I just am. He's like, yeah, OK, well, I'm just gay. And I was like, damn, I was like, yeah, well, it was like mind blowing. I was like, oh, fuck, he's right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's always a great way because I mean we're just used to living in a heterosexual kind of world and that's fine because that's I mean that's kind of how we were created in a way to re, you know reproduce and yeah. so when um when 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 people ask that question a lot of people can take it offensively like you know like what do you mean it's a it's not a choice it comes off people may interpret it as oh it's like it's a choice but no it's just kind of just hits you when your body naturally starts to generate sexual hormones in terms of like, you know, as young as seven, eight years old, you start to kind of, oh, I have a girlfriend, you know, like people think it's cute. Yeah. And they're a little kid, like, oh, little play dates, his little girlfriend, you know, and, and stuff like that. And it was just like, oh, you know, I was just immediately, since I can remember as a child, being the opposite of that spectrum. Yeah. And the only thing that my eyes looked at was men. But maybe at 12 or 13, going through puberty, your hormones are just everywhere. So I thought I just wanted to have sex with anything, really, <laughs> you know. And I felt like, oh, this might be my chance to be straight. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so then, so then, let's fast forward a little bit. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. what is what does high school look like? Um, it started getting worse. I like how I ask these questions. Like, I don't. I know, know right? the answer. Right. Right? I know. You know so let's yeah. go. Um, I, I guess that's where it was starting to get angrier. I would. I'm going to call my homosexuality angry you know not in terms of that it's bad but that's what it was doing to me it was fighting my brain um and it started to just get progressively worse and that's when we're like 15 16 we're dating you know people are you know you're getting sexually active and kids are losing their virginity yeah Yeah. and and now you got this social dynamic pressure that 
okay, well, you know, I'm not denying that I'm a handsome guy, so I know that I should be able to find women to date. Now this pressure is a new factor in my life. I was an innocent child having feelings for men, but now that we're going into a different social dynamic, it was more like now you want to have boyfriend and girlfriends. Like this is when you start dating, you're maturing, and um, the pressure was on. In 10th grade, it's okay. By senior year, it was like extreme. You know, my friends would be like, yo, dude, like, you know, guy talk, we talk about sex, we talk about women, we may lie and exaggerate how many you slept with. And I had to just like lie and and my, in front of my own best friends just to kind of just pass on through. And So you did tell them that you had slept with girls? Oh, which I have. Oh, okay. Which was difficult. I had to be like kind of laying on my back and they just sit on it. That's the only way it would work. Oh. <laughs> She's like, oh, I should have, you know. Like, maybe I, like, maybe I was just too hot. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that fits my narrative much better. We'll go with that. Yeah. And um, it was it was more of like, how do I get away with suspicion? Now that I'm getting older, I should be dating. If I'm not dating anyone, something, that's when everyone knows that. If you have a guy or a girl that's not dating the opposite gender or sex, it's it's question you start to question like well what's wrong with you are you asexual or something like what's going on yeah, and these sure. these questions start to arise especially with family and Vince my brother um was just such a hot swag man you know I always had to like look up to him and try to be like him true he was can, can confirm also right? can also, confirm, also a, lady, a ladies man <laughs> he like was a, a very yeah, yeah dude, you know, dude got chicks he did he was he was one of the kind that didn't have friends in terms of like guy friends it was more like he was always dating someone mm -hmm. and I was like really jealous of it because it was now causing pressure from my family side. Like, well, Vince is like constantly dating someone. And in, and then you're like always single, always. And there's nothing like what's wrong. And so, and then if my friends are like talking about girls, like Mike, what about you? Like what's going on? And I would just like, okay, the best thing I got to do tonight is swag up and like make out with a chick in front of them to go to the mall. Or, you know, it's like once they can witness that I got with a girl, but it's innocent, I can kiss, kissing is easy. So it was like, cool. like now they won't bother me for about three more months. Oh my gosh. So then once three months comes up, it's suspicion again, and I have to like do something else. And this went on for years. And Bobby, as his best friend, you never had any inclining whatsoever. I don't think anybody in our grade knew. You know, I, think, I, mean, I don't uh, think yeah. I was floored when I found out. So no idea at all. No, not at all. No clue. Um, I don't think... I think every girl in our grade was pretty devastated at that point as well, too. Devastated uh, and yet oddly... Validated. Like turned on by it, yeah. Validated if you're me, but anyway. But yeah, yeah I I had no clue. Um, of course you have like the Monday morning quarterbacks. You're like, oh yeah, I knew. I'm like, yeah, you knew because you just told everybody. <laughs> Got plenty of those. Yeah. Yeah. But... So you're hiding this from your friends, your family, everyone in high school. Yes. So take us to college. I guess is the next step. Yeah. So college comes through and. Um, you know, that's when I was actually kind of excited in a way because I was like, well, maybe I can go there and not know anyone. Well, so maybe... College is a fresh start for everybody. It is. And everyone can go? start. I went to a satellite camp, Berks, Penn State Berks at okay. Reading. That okay. was like my first two years. And then I transferred to the main. But the problem with me is that I am a very social, like extrovert at times. So I always just go way too friendly and find way too many friends. And I'm still not out of the closet. So I kind of put myself right back right. into the spot mm -hmm. where I was in high mm -hmm. school. Where I'm like, great, now I have these great friends and they still think I'm straight. <laughs> so mm. I'm like, what do I do? <laughs> Especially because like I, I've met a bunch of them. They're awesome people too. Um, your Penn State friends. Mm -hmm. They're awesome people. But it also didn't help that like the group of friends that you became friends with, the 
a couple of the girls were fucking hot and they were like, who's that guy? And you're like, oh, like, here God, we go again. Damn it. I'm like, you know? oh, no. You know, and I, I, I and then shouldn't... all the guys are like, dude, why aren't you hooking up with Melissa or whatever? You know what I mean? And you're just like, Pfft. yeah, like, welcome to my life. Like, oh, that was just gosh. that was the worst because, you know, it's 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 not sounding pretentious or, or conceited. It was just like, why can't you be attracted to my friends? Like, why did they always come to me? And I think it was just because I was. I just presented myself very confidently. I'm an old soul. I come off very mature. I went through puberty basically when I was like seven. So like, I mean, I've been just somewhere else out of the generation than a lot of people mentally. And um, I think, I don't know what it was. It's just like, I wasn't trying to. I'm like, maybe I'll just make myself look really ugly. So that way, like no one would want to talk to me. And then it ends up being like the only girl that's there at this party. Cause you know, every time at Penn state, you go to a party, it's like 99% guys. And, um, well, there's like, also like, something attractive about a man that's not trying to fuck you. Like, that's what made it worse. It was like, like where do I go? I'm well, not trying. It makes it worse. Cause like. it's like, they, like you want to talk to them because number one, like it's a little bit of a challenge, which is intriguing. But number two, like if you're just not trying to get like hit on all night long, the person that's not trying to hit on you, like, thank God, some fucking breathing room. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you trapped yourself worse. I did. And it was almost like I'm digging this hole even more mm-hmm. Because now I'm not, you know, I, I actually dated this girl in college. And I was like, you know what? Let me give this another shot. This is like attempt number 10 for a girlfriend. And um, So you did have girlfriends? I did, yes. And, and you know, I feel really bad. I reached out to them. We'll fast Aww. forward to that. But, you know, I reached out once I came out to apologize for just if they were ever mentally confused why I was not putting out as normal guys do. So that and, was um, your relationships looked like that? Like you had relationships that you weren't having sex in? Or like yeah, what, what it got, that? well, they didn't last long because it would be like, okay, I'd somehow like weirdly swag them up. And then they loved it because I was different because I wasn't like a typical guy when mm-hmm. it came to flirting. It was more like I was just being myself and mm-hmm. kind of oblivious to the situation. And um, they would be like attracted to that. And that's what like you were saying. And so I'm like, great. You know, I met this girl. She's a really, really pretty girl, sweet, blonde. Like, that was, like, somehow my type as a, I guess you would say, a straight man. <laughs> like, I always I found... I used to be blonde, guys. It, so she, she was We're blonde there. at the prom. <laughs> Clearly, there's a pattern here. And um, I, I, we dated for a little bit. And um, I just, like, there was never chemistry. It's just, it's it How long is a little bit? Um, Like, a couple months, this one was. Okay. Like, we were talking and, like, kind of, like, hooking up, like, drunk style on the side of a dirty-ass frat basement. Like, Hot. you know, like. You We've know. all been there. Been there. <laughs> I was just going to say, been there. Yeah. And, like, you know, we would have those for a couple months. And then finally, like, the pressure of her girlfriends with the pressure of my friends were, like, how are you not dating yet? Like, you guys have been kind of, like, hooking up and stuff for a while. So I'm like, yeah, you're right. So I pulled the trigger and was like, oh, my God, what am I doing? But let's mm. do this. And so I asked her, like, hey, I kind of want to take this up to the next level. I really like you. And you know, I would like to actually like date you. And they got so ec- ecstatic and really excited. It made me happy because they were happy. I was almost like doing it for them and not me. And like when the sex came up, oh my God, like my friends could tell some funny stories of me trying to hide. Like I would like hide. I would run away from parties when I knew, you know, this girlfriend that I had was like getting drunk and she would be like, oh my God, like we need to fuck right now. Like let's leave and go. And I would be like, oh my God, what do I do? You know, and I would just like, the whole way walking home, I'm having a fucking heart oh. attack. I'm like, this is the moment where like she's gonna find out I can't get up. Like, what do I do? So I in college I learned a technique to go down on women as my way to not have sex. Oh. And I became a pro at it. So, really? <laughs> so I got really good at that because it was like the only way I could satisfy a woman without with making them forget 
that they're not getting. I'm like oddly turned on right now. This is weird. Okay. <laughs> anyway. But I got really good at I got really good at it. So I was because I was just like, well, I'm, this is not coming up. I'm not gonna be, I'm not getting an erection. Like they're gonna be like, what the hell is it me? All this I knew what the what was gonna happen to them. You and, knew and, the consequences. I did. So yeah. I was like, well then let me just satisfy them. I'll just say I'm too drunk. It's not. It's whiskey dick. I, I can't get it up. So let me just satisfy you. And they're like. So were you like? Did you enjoy eating pussy, or were you just like, eh? Um. Indifferent to it. Disgusted by it. Wasn't grossed out like most. Like a lot of gay men that I have met are like, oh God, are you kidding me? You know. But I was like, you know what? I mean, it's kind of like I. I I've kinda, eaten worse. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right? Like I kind of was just like it. I was neutral. Yeah. I didn't really feel like I was grossed out, or I wasn't really into it either. But yeah. I knew that it was making them happy, and that again, I love emotions. So like mm-hmm. I was like, it's making them happy. It's making me feel like I'm doing something good. And okay. that's kind of like what I did in college. And then it was just like, just, did you ever sleep with this girl, the girlfriend? I don't know. We never had successfully had sex. Aww. I tried and I it would like almost happen. And then it was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn it. You know, so and, you guys broke up, I'm assuming. Yes. You know, I, I ended up breaking up with her and she was like really upset about it. And um, I was like, OK, now I'm kind of good. Maybe my, my friend saw that I dated someone. I won't tell them why. But hey, it buys me some time. In, the, in the midst of all this, were you ever considering coming out or were you always in your head like i'm i'm never coming out i was pretty angry at myself for being attracted to men for a very long time i went through a lot of depression i actually never told you this bobby but i was suicidal for a minute um i'm gonna get a little emotional That's okay. uh, do you want to talk about that at yeah all? no it's, i mean we can it's just more like i can't believe i was at that point um that i felt like i would rather die than have to expose my true self oh. like because the thing about coming out as gay that I would love everyone right now listening to know is that it's not about the reaction of everyone hating you or being like distancing themselves from you. It's the fear of who am I? I don't even know who I am after I come out. What does that look like? So it was the fear of like, I don't I don't really know if I cared. I would be upset that people were, if they reacted negatively towards it, but it was more of like, who is gay Mike? I'm 22, 21, like before I came out, like I've, molded myself as some specific person as a reputation some kind of soul that is like this guy but if i come out now i'm back to a one-year-old i have to restart who i fucking am it's sad that you have to think that way because it's you shouldn't you you don't have to remold yourself it's just this is who i am you know but it but obviously it's a lot easier said than done you know what i mean Uh, you can always take people's advice but you know when you're in that deep, dark place, it's kind of like what, what Joe spoke to last week. Your mind is so powerful that it's convinced you that you have to re- rebrand yourself almost because of this. And it's like, no, you, you don't you don't have to. Exactly. But, but like looking back on it now, now, you're probably like, you're like, oh, fuck, I, why did I think that way? You know what I mean? Because of ultimately we're going to get to the end of your journey. But, you know, and where you're at now, which mm-hmm. is probably the most beautiful place that I've ever seen you be. You know what I mean? Like as a person, location, you know, all that other, you know, who you're with and everything. Um, yeah, you don't, you know, you didn't, you didn't have to, but the mind's a powerful thing in convincing you that you did. But I think also you mean like you had been doing all of these behaviors, behaviors and coping strategies that, that like at your root, like the person that Bobby knew, for example, like he said, like he knows your heart, he knows who you are. That person didn't change, but the behaviors, I'm assuming, like, you wouldn't have to keep making out with girls. You wouldn't have to keep doing all this stuff to, Mm -hmm. and you spent your whole life hyper-focused on that. Like, when those behaviors were no longer there, like, what what would there be? What's left of, yeah, what's left of me Mm -hmm. at that point? Yeah, and it was just, like, by the end of college, um, 
I was like kind of excited because that way I can maybe like the, my biggest goal in life in college was that when I graduate, I want to move the fuck away from everyone and be alone. That way I don't have any person that knows me will never know if I can still be, I can be gay, but secretly still. Oh. And finally have a, a physical interaction with a person as a man that I finally can feel what that's like, like getting a kiss from a guy from the first time for you. Like, like that feeling of butterflies, like, oh my God, I kissed a guy, but I've done all of that with women, but it was all numb. Like none of it had any like chemistry at all. So it was just a show. And, and so like the idea that one day I will finally get to kiss a guy and without like anyone knowing, and it's going to probably feel like I'm 14 or something like mm. the, the first time, but I'm, I'm like a, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm like a late bloomer. You know, everyone around me is having sex. Everyone's having fun. Everyone is their true selves except me. So it was kind of like, I hate myself. Like, why do I have to be the one that's gay? That's not fair. <sighs> you know, and that's how I thought. And, and anyone listening, obviously disclaimer, <laughs> like don't ever feel like that, but it's very normal and valid for you to feel like that if you're still in the closet. I just want to put that out there. It's very natural and normal. So we finished college. We move into um, kind of actually something that I want to talk about earlier, which is at the point of you coming out because it's post-college. You're living on your own. You're in New York. And I actually all I, – I remember I almost caught you. Um, <laughs> Did you know at the time? No, I didn't know. <laughs> so I moved him. Me and Wags drove up and moved him from um, – New York to New Jersey to North Jersey ish. And, um, we went to the bar that was just like in the same parking lot as your apartment mm -hmm. and got hammered. <laughs> it was just like getting hammered together. And I'm sitting there and I'm being like normal Bobby. I'm flirting with the bartender. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm like swiping right on Tinder and shit. Like, cause I didn't care whatever. I was there for like a night. I was there for like 10 hours. Yeah. So I was like, whatever, let's just have some fun. And I remember Mike was sitting in between wags and I, and he kept getting these text messages and it was, it just said shorty, shorty, shorty. Like that was the name. And I'm like, yo, who the fuck is shorty? Oh my God. I shit myself. And, yeah, and he was like, Oh fuck. And it's so funny because like typical, like guy drink guys together, just drinking, you know, at the bar, not, paying attention to shit like the stereotypical what girls think of guys like just oblivious to everything um i was like <laughs> i was like who's shorty and you were like oh it's just some chick i met up here i just she's like five two and like you know just some chick i've been hooking up with so i call her shorty i was just like oh. Shout and, yeah and I, and I literally was just like uh oh, sick and just sipped my beer yeah like the like, conversation uh, was over and i'm like holy shit please. i don't know how i pulled that out and like, come, like, come to find out that's his now husband yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. so when you found out bobby you were like that's shorty yeah he was so hyped he's so, like hey, that was the girl that you were saying in poughkeepsie and i'm and, like uh, yep that was him and you're like oh shit and i feel like you're like really really good at that bobby like you pick up on shit you don't always see it through but you pick up on shit a lot yeah so then um so then he's there we move him blah 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 fast forward a little bit more and i remember when Shorty came out to visit for the first time. And I would like to tell how you guys met, but honestly, that could be an entire episode because yeah, it's, it's just freaking epic. But he um he came out to visit and Mike was like posting on Snapchat. And, and I you was were in the closet or out of the Still in. In the closet. Okay. This was the Friday before actually of him coming out. I specifically remember mm -hmm. this. And me, Wags, and Tubbs actually were sitting at Wagner's house. We were getting ready to go out. And we were all just 
chilling on our phones watching Snapchat. And I remember looking up and seeing you and Shorty on Snapchat. And I'm like, hey, guys, did you see Mike's Snapchat story? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, we kind of like looked at each other like, it's kind of gay, isn't it? Like, <laughs> like, it's kinda, and, and it's funny. He wasn't kissing him. He wasn't doing anything. But there was just like this. Some vibe. Vibe. <laughs> and I'm like, it's kind of gay. And they're like, yeah. And we're like, is Mike gay? We're like, no. I've seen him hook up with chicks. I've seen him fuck a chick. I, did, I mean? did very well, by the way, there. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I've seen him have sex with a girl. Like, no, it's not gay. Fast forward, Sunday, Eagles played, and in the middle of the Eagles game, you posted on Facebook that you were in a relationship. And Wagner screenshotted it to me and sent it to me and goes, question mark. And I was like, is it with a guy? Or I was like, with a girl? And he goes, I don't know, bro. You tell me. Now, Caitlin, you know my group of friends. Mike, obviously, you know my group of friends because you're in it. I'm the asshole of the group. I'm always the one to stir the pot or not even stir the pot, just to ask the difficult questions that most people don't want to ask. So I'm like, are you kidding me? I have to now ask my best friend since he was nine if he's fucking gay. Because I did a little digging and I saw pictures of him out in California and the pictures looked a little gay. And I'm like, again, not kissing, but... He just looked a little gay. So I'm like, all right, how do you ask your best friend since you were nine if he's gay? So I'm like, all right. So I screenshotted him being in a relationship, sent it to him, and I said, new girlfriend, tell me more. So I just assumed that it was a girl, but I needed him to explain it. And it took Mike seven, about seven and a half hours to respond. And I don't know what you were doing, if you were busy or I whatnot. Was in bed. Or, or if you were like <laughs> thinking about how to respond, but it took him seven and a half hours. He texted me back and goes, do you really want to know? And I was like, right then and there. I was like, he's yeah. gay. Mm-hmm. I was like, he's gay. And I was like, yeah. And he goes, well, bro, it's with a guy. And, or you said, well, bro, it's a guy. And he, I think you had typed out like a really long message and then copied and pasted it like really quick because right away I got this novel and I was like, I remember texting back and I was just like, good for you. And it was like, I hope you don't look at me differently. I hope nothing changes. Like I'm still the same person and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, bro, I don't give a shit. And you're like, really? And I was, and, and I remember you were like shocked and you're like, really? And I'm like, why would I judge you? For the way you love. I don't fucking care. If that makes you happy, more power to you. I couldn't suck a dick. <laughs> I literally said that. I said, more power to you. I that's couldn't amazing. do it. And you were like, and I remember you were like, shit, like that's fucking crazy. Then I found out. So I told Wagner because I felt like I'm still in that position to be able to say something like that you're probably a good first person to find out too because because of how accepting you are what's crazy is actually he was the last person i wanted to tell really Mm -hmm. well i but i can also see that knowing bobby when he was 22 yeah yes i was very scared yeah (laughs) so then i told wagner i'm like dude mike's mike's gay he's like are you fucking serious and i was like yeah he just came out i i didn't tell you you can go find out yourself but like us three are fucking best friends so like just whatever then it got out, word spread, and then everybody hit me up and not Mike. Yeah. Everyone's well, like, I saw you at the gym and I asked you about it. Yeah. And everyone's like, wait, so Mike's gay? I'm like, I don't know. Why don't you ask him? 
takes a sip of coffee. You know what I mean? Like, You're like his press secretary. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm yeah, like, right. why don't you ask him? And and then people are like, come on, just tell me. That's so awkward. I don't want to do that. I'm like, how the fuck do you think I felt? I had to ask him myself. Well, and that kind of brings me back because I kind of want to bring it back to how you felt, Mike. Um, I, I do want to rewind just a little bit. So you met your husband now, Shorty, right? Mm-hmm. I, I kind of want to get into like, was he the first experience you had? Um, I've had a, one sexual encounter that obviously like when I was younger, I won't go into detail, but I mean, I, I did once, but it was brief. Okay. Um, but that was like years prior. Uh, and then he was, yeah. So then otherwise technically, yeah, he was the first like man ever in my life. And was he, he had been out before that? Yeah. He is 11 years older than me. So he was already. So he's a Danny. Yeah. He's a Danny. You know me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always the cradle snatcher. They call me like, <laughs> the, the, like the person. Jailbait. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but it was, um, yeah, like he was the first one really. So if I didn't have him in my life at that time, we were only dating for a few months now. But it was like, okay, cool. Like, I remember that day I announced it. Like, I didn't even come out to anyone yet. The way I came out was posting in a relationship on Facebook. I just said, fuck it, really. And I was like, you know what? Who cares? I don't give a fuck anymore. Because the way Shorty was like, Mike, don't worry. If you need to come out, you have me. And just hearing that made me be like, you know what? I don't care. Fuck everyone else. If they don't want to be my friend just because I like guys, then, then you're not worth my time and you're not really my friend. And so... As long as I have my new boyfriend, my first, and saying that was definitely weird because I've never, yeah. I've thought, I can't believe I'm saying boyfriend. That's so weird to me. And um, I I just remember just being like, okay, fine. So I'm like, screw it. I want to just let everyone know instead of just personally going to each person. I'm just going to throw it out there so it can go on the news, CNN or something. <laughs> like, and um, yeah, so I, I just did that. And that's when he found out. I, had, I started getting a lot of text messages from people like, Oh my God, like, cause they were texting him and he was like, you go to him. Why are you asking me? So then people, well, did I would tell them, I'm like, guys, it's not my position to tell you. Exactly. It's yeah. not, that's not that my job. that was a job. good friend move. It wasn't. It's not my fucking move. job. You know, it's, this is his life. If you need, if you have questions about his life, you, you ask him. Yeah. So, I commend you for that, Bobby. That was good move. But that was definitely a crazy day. Cause that was the day that Alex left, um, shorty that my husband's name is Alex. Um, and that's when he went back to California cause he's living in California. We're long distance relationship zoom. We're like basically pre pandemic foreshadow, um, <laughs> dating across the entire United States for about nine months. Um, like no sexual stuff either. So I'm a wow. guy that's also never really had sex with a guy and I have a long distance boyfriend. <laughs> wow. So, so did he kind of, he knew that you had never been with Anyone. Yeah, his friends were like trying to get him out of it. They're well, like, that's this, what is, I would, this is a danger, right, man. Right. <laughs> that's what I that's what I would assume is pretty common. Like gay men don't want to be like the the first one, you know what I mean? To kind of like train you how to be gay. I know that sounds awful to say that no, way, but okay. you know what I'm trying to no, I what do. I'm trying to get at. Yeah, it was it was definitely like his friends were trying to back him out, like Dude, you got basically a gold star, but for gay, like they call in the term of the gay community, they say gold star means a guy that's never had sex with a girl. And so like when you're gay, so you mm-hmm. never even did that. And so they were calling it the opposite. Like, dude, you're you're dating someone who's never gotten with a guy before. You're an idiot. Aww. And he's 23. Like, that's bad. <laughs> you're 34 at the time. He was like, you guys, you're like, you're making a mistake. They were trying to convince him out of it, but it was just like love at first sight vibes. And I didn't care. I was like, yeah, I want to, I'm a, now I'm fresh, freshly out. Like, I could just be this wild guy that just whores it up for a minute and um, whatnot, like every other person does, either straight or gay or whatever. Um, 
But I was just kind of like, no, I'm just an old soul. I'm, I always wanted the relationship and I couldn't because I was in the closet. So like, this was my opportunity to be like, I'm out. I already have a boyfriend right away. And like, I love the death out of him, even though we're long distance. Like, I remember a lot of people finding out and like trying to hit on me or try to try to like, you know, have sexual encounters with me and stuff. And it was a little tough because I'm sexually starved for nine years or so, you know what I mean? And, and so I'm like, really ready to go but i i kept my word on my faith in terms of just being faithful to this new partner of mine and uh i held out until we could figure out where are we going to move like how are we going to be together this is really difficult i just got this job in jersey oh this and is you such a beautiful California. love story it sounds <laughs> awful but it's oh, yeah wow. yeah so i mean the coming out thing was it was definitely disappointing <laughs> i feel like i want to talk for my my gay community here and just say that you know, I, I am a privileged person here. Um, and I feel for everyone that has a very difficult time coming out and where they are abandoned. And there's a very terrible homeless LGBTQ um, community of, of where their families just abandon them because they're like, you're a piece of shit, you're gay, you're a pervert. And so they just kick them out of their house at 17, 18 years old. And I had the opposite effect where that was what I was predicting. That was gonna be me. And when I came out, people were almost more mad at me that I didn't come out sooner. So that was really weird just to be like, wait, this is a huge pivotal moment for me. And I've been thinking about this pent up in my brain for like And, and we years. like didn't give a shit. And no one, like literally <laughs> no one gave a shit. That was the weirdest feeling for me. Like what the, f I waited this fucking long? Mm -hmm. Like why, like I was so blessed for the fact that so many people in my life really saw the true me and, and realized like, holy shit, like, dude, I can't believe you why did you keep that so long? I feel dev I feel horrible. And then I felt like a lot of friends were freaking out, like going through their head, like how many homophobic things have I said growing up? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, oh my God, you know, my, even my dad had to go to like almost the hospital when he found out. And it wasn't <laughs> because he was upset. He was upset with himself so bad. He gave himself an anxiety attack and oh. cried and like real, cause he, I grew up in a very Catholic home and, and he was very homophobically like hateful. He would always bring up how much he hates gays. And if he ever sees one or if my mom hung out with like a, a couple, he would make her shower uh, when she oh got home. Oh my goodness. Like that's how it was back in the day. He's completely not like that anymore. So but... I'm assuming that probably had a pretty big impact on you growing up. Oh, hell that. yeah. Cause me and my dad are like best friends. Like we hunt together. We went like, you know, cutting wood together. Yeah, I'm a freaking lumberjack. So <laughs> I'm basically a burly woods guy. And like, so we were like boys, like best friends, but he was so hateful of gay people. It was like, how is he going to react when his best friend, his son like is gay? You know, like oh what is gosh. the irony in that? So can I ask, like, Bobby mentioned that you guys, I mean, obviously growing up, I think all of us are guilty and looking back and some of the things we used to joke about and say and being like, oh, my God, that was fucked up. Yeah. Um, did you did those things affect you at that age when they were being joked about? No, I actually like kind of like, I don't know, I feel like it would definitely affect a lot of other people. Um, I, I tend to have grown up in a facetious culture. I guess that's East Coast. You know, we're very kind of like an asshole culture yeah. where mm -hmm. it's like it's fun, but it's like. Let me like make fun of your faults as a joke. So like, I kind of just took it as that's just it was just normal to me. Well, I mean, I like never... I say it all the time: your friends are not your friends unless they're making fun of you. Exactly. And <laughs> if I'm not making fun of you, that is a surefire way to know that I'll fuck with you. that I don't I don't like you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So just it's if I'm making fun of you, it's a term of endearment. You yeah, know exactly. I mean? And and you know, it was just something that I was kind of the thing about me was like you just wait until adulthood. I was just patiently waiting to right. get out of this whole like social norms of being a, a teenager and going through high school and college. Like 
I just kind of was already like 15 years ahead of my life, just like patiently waiting until I can finally just, yeah, let me just get through the social norms here. And once I'm out of this, then I can finally be who I am. Right. But I just have to wait. So Bobby kind of talked us through his perspective of that day. So so during that seven hour interim, what were you doing? (laughs) Oh, my God. I think I was just laying in bed in a fetal position, honestly. Um, I remember that was that was the weekend that Alex went back home and uh, we had a fun time in New York. That was the first he took me to my first gay bar. Like, come uh-huh. on, like I'm literally like 23 and having my first boyfriend and never been to a gay, like I had no gay friends. So like I didn't really I was such an innocent idiot. Like when it came to the gay community, I had no history of the gay community. So he took me to um, Stonewall, which is the uh, iconic bar in New York. That was actually during the riots where the police would try to shut those bars down and 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 violently hurt these gay people that were trying to find a safe haven to just, this is how you meet people. You didn't have technology and stuff. So there was like a huge riot kind of era that went down in Stonewall, New York. So he took me there. We played pool with two lesbians that kicked their ass because, you know, no stereotypes are the best ever. So <laughs> I'm like, of course, the lesbians destroyed us on the, uh, on the pool. But um, uh, it was um, that Sunday. I remember I got back and I was just, I had such a wonderful weekend that I was just had butterflies this I finally experiencing what everyone else got to do 10 years prior and so I was just like like so happy that I just said fuck it I posted it on Facebook and I just sat there and waited all day in bed um for like comments just people to text me people to hit me up like I was just waiting for the receiving end just to be like okay like here we go I hit send like I hit like update on Facebook and I just sat there like really, I was sweating. I was just like in bed. He was the first one immediately, like somehow like, you know, Bobby on social media is so good and active at it that but like 30 seconds of posting, he was already texting me that what he mentioned about, yo, girlfriend, you know? And I remember just being like, uh, and I wrote it. I did, like he said, I wrote this whole novel or something. And then I just kind of like put my phone away and like laid on the side, listened to music and closed my eyes and just kind of like was shaking just because it was just so much like, this is the moment that I've been fearing for like, since seven, since I first realized I was attracted to men, it was just like, oh my God, all of this life is coming in once, like a train. So it was just really a lot of stress and a lot of like panic. And I felt like I was going to throw up. Like there was just a lot going on. Did you, had you told your family yet or was it just everybody kind of at once? Uh, I told my mom and my sister that weekend. Okay. Um, and they were definitely like shocked. Like my mom was drunk when I told her and it was funny because she, well, for, I'll go back. When I told my, my sister was the first person in my family. She was washing dishes and we were having an Eagles uh, party. And um, she was washing the dishes and I had just enough beer in me that I was like, this is the moment. I'm going to go up to her and fuck it, let's do it. And so I went, <laughs> I'm like, hey, Sarah, um, I'm going to have to tell you something uh, that's been bothering me, but just letting you know that when I tell you, I might have to go away for a while. And she goes, you're going to prison? Like, <laughs> immediately was like, what? Like, stopped all her dishes. Was like, you're going to prison? I'm like, oh, wait, what? Hell, no. Your what? Sis- that is so your sister. <laughs> That's know. kind of where my head went, too. I'm like, yeah. wow, you could, you could, the delivery could have been better. But oh, of okay. course. Of course. I have, like, no idea what I'm doing. I'm like, uh, I want to go away for a while. She's just like, what the hell are you talking about? But I was just like, let's go out front. And then I, I told her um, right there. And she was like, no way. And I was like, yeah. She's like, I knew it but this she has an excuse because sisters are great they know Mm -hmm. she's used to she used to poke fun like oh mike you're gonna be a hairdresser one day because i used to like play with my mom's hair as a kid (laughs) i mean the true gay was there (laughs) (laughs) before you became corrupted by the social norms you Mm -hmm. know and she's like i always knew it but i was always just whatever maybe he's just a sensitive man you know and and um once i came out she was relieved and then my mom came out 
side and that was when we were in the middle of this conversation and my mom like looked at us like she with a white face of she could tell like something something serious is going on because the way our faces looked and then i looked at my mom and i'm like hey i guess while you're out here um yeah i'm gay and she was just like, like I just straight up was like, yeah, I'm gay, it's vegan. You know? like, <laughs> and like, she was like, I'm, wait, what? Like, she totally was like, thought I was just fucking with her. Mm-hmm. And she really didn't believe me, like, at all. So I was like, no, mom. Like, and Sarah's like, mom, seriously, come on. Stop being, like, oblivious right now. And and uh, I showed her pictures of Shorty. And, like, I'm like, this is my boyfriend. And she's like, so you're dating too? Like, oh, my God, what the fuck? Like, you know, this isn't, this was a lot going on right now. Mm-hmm. And, and And so, like, once I told her we um connected and i remember being like don't tell dad like please lord like give me a minute to think about how i'm gonna approach my best friend you know in terms of that and i'm like oh no like this is just nervous but then you know we're italian and east coast so they just told him like three seconds later (laughs) (laughs) after i literally told them not to but um he he told i wasn't there when they told him um but what really broke my heart in in a way of being like super blessed that we mentioned for me coming out was um my dad wrote me like this huge paragraph the next day, um, basically apologizing. And um, my mom told me that he was like out back, like like literally having a panic attack on the at the pool. And he was out there for like three hours just like crying. And mm. it, that broke my heart being like, I mean, it's not his fault, but I mean, maybe this was meant to happen right. for him to have a son that's that he loves so dearly come out as gay because he was such a hateful person. He was a huge Catholic christian man he has such a heart he takes care of so many people but then you know maybe this was like the nice icing on the cake for him to really see it in his way of faith and just be like wow i think it just really is starting to it was the beginning of opening your eyes that they're the closed-minded people that existed back in the day Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like the boomer mentality and before that you know extremely closed-minded and i think as we get grow and grow and grow and grow as a society like we start to realize like oh my gosh there is a lot more to life than what we really thought it was outside of the church outside of politics outside of this whatever the hell it is we're like god damn there's a lot more and i think that was your dad's you know gut check like shit i have to figure this out because i've lived you know almost you know 40 45 50 years this way And everything that I've done for the last 45, 50 years is essentially wrong. And it's like, fuck. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the same feeling that you had as far as being an 18-year-old boy thinking that you needed to reshape your brand for when you come out. That's him. He's coming out like, oh, my gosh, I have to now reshape my brand. It has that same feeling of I have to reshape my brand that I was this hateful person or I was this person who just – I don't even want to say hateful because I, I don't think it's hateful. It's uneducated. Yeah. yeah. People just don't know. Mike, that that weekend when you came home after you came out, we sat and talked for three hours. I literally bombarded him with, I had so many questions. So many. I didn't know. I didn't, nobody knows. And if you don't know, then you can't, you're ignorant to it. And that's okay to be ignorant to it. But that's why we're here on this podcast to have these conversations. It's okay to be ignorant to something, but it's not okay to be hateful towards something. And right, and to live in that ignorance, And too to is... live in it, you know what I mean? Exactly. That's not okay, and I think that was your dad's, like, like I said, that was his gut check to be like, fuck, I didn't know anything about this. I, I don't know anything about this, and now I have firsthand experience on how do I figure out more, but I don't know how to approach it because of my 40-plus years of living this lifestyle. Exactly. You know, but it was, it was a blessing, though, because we got even closer after that, and... um 
you know, it was me kind of just, I wanted to prove to my dad that I'm not different. You know, what we discussed, before, uh, not on this podcast, but, you know, a previous conversation the other day was just like, I felt like I have to prove if I come out as gay, I have to let everyone know that I'm still Mike. Mm. Like, I felt like a pressure after just to be like, okay, like now that everyone knows I'm gay, they're, you know, from movies on Hollywood, people perceive gay people as, you know, super feminine, which is great. I, I think there's a whole spectrum on the gay, uh, what we say is homosexuality is a very big spectrum. It's very long and broad. And um, Hollywood really just focuses on, they needed to cipher the character on the show. So if they want a gay character, they have to make them like really different from everyone else. On the, so it's like more eccentric, outgoing, colorful, you know, loud or something like that. And um, when I came out, it was like my mission I felt that I had to prove to people that I'm still like the guy that no one knew was gay. I needed to like educate people on the fact that not everyone that is on this spectrum is what you saw on TV or the way Hollywood portrays it. They exist and they're beautiful people. Um, and I love that true authenticity to it. But there's also guys that may come off as what you would say in quote unquote straight and super masculine, but they like men. <laughs> and I think, I think um, I want to tie that back into the, my first or my first response back to you when you came out is um, he said that he was like, I don't want you to think that I'm any different. Like, I don't want you to think of me differently. And I specifically remember what I texted you ba back to you. I go, Mike, as long as you don't change from the person that I met that I was nine and everything that I've known about you. Okay. Besides this, obviously, if you're still the same Mike that I met when I was nine, I don't give a shit. Now, if you change and wind up becoming some piece of shit, then I have a problem with that. You know what I mean? Because then it's not about you being gay. You lied to me your whole life. Okay. And yeah, you may have lied under these, these pressures, but now I feel lied to. And I feel like I, I should feel pretty validated in feeling, um, hurt by that. But if you're the same person, and we're still friends and we can still make weird fucking sounds and jokes and <laughs> jam out to metalcore. And if we're still doing that, then I, you're still my best friend. I don't care. Yeah. And I do want to add to this as well, that not every gay person will be the same when they come up because the problem is you hid your true self for so long that, you know, I have a friend that was, that came off masculine and they came out and now they're kind of like more feminine and they have like a little voice, you know, a twang to their voice that people always kind of group as a gay man, you know, with that accent that people get, cause it's feminine, you know, and you're like, whatever, bitch, you know, they kind of that <laughs> style. And like, they're like, what, you weren't like that before, but it's like, well, yeah, because I'd have fucking hide myself the entire time that now this is the real me. Are you still gonna be my friend? Cause this is the true behind the doors guy. You know, I just happened to be like, just, I kept my true self in life. I just hid that very important detail, <laughs> but never changed. Like I, I was at least, comfortable with being my weird ass self and just super weird but i yeah that important piece of the puzzle was like okay just just hide that one and at least like you could still be you but i will say having known you in high school and i really haven't seen you i don't th i don't know that i've seen you at all since you've come out i don't think either, um, yeah and just seeing you yesterday interact uh the boys came to see me at the bar last night um always plug lansdale tavern but anyway um just seeing you interact with the boys and just kind of talking to you now there is like a little bit of a difference in you and it's i think it's just comfort number one mm -hmm. and confidence which i think comes with age first of all mm -hmm. obviously um but i it's like almost like that little bit of like timidity timidity is that a word 
you being timid, I guess is what I'm trying to say, um, that kind of came off arrogant a little bit. Um, and it's gone. And it's like, I feel like you just are really, well, I think, really you now. And in, in a very like refreshing way. I, it's, I, I don't know if you've noticed that, but I, but I think I, it's just like a big weight off his shoulder yeah. because you're, mm-hmm. you're carrying that around for so long, hanging out with the boys and whatnot. And then all of a sudden, like, you don't have to worry about that anymore. And you're like, <sighs> and you can you know, see that you you visibly look like that energy more is relaxed. real. Thank that you. energy it is, is real. because you know you're exactly right on the money. I was just forcing an extra little flair to mm-hmm. my person because I thought that's what guys were. That's how you get women. I thought okay, it worked if I for have, me. So <laughs> if I have to play I'm like, this he's game, a douche. Let's go. Yeah, no, right. And I'm like, over here taking notes. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that was how it was. It was kind of like I'm. I my dad used to call me the you know the gentle giant or like the teddy bear because I was like this big freaking burly like broad guy but i'm super soft inside and caring and and an empath in terms of like just so caring for people's emotions and making sure they're okay and happy and but like that's in quote unquote would be suspicious like gay you know like it's so hard to do when you're carrying that baggage yeah like you know i'm like free like you know if i'm an arrogant guy then then okay cool like that means i'm straight that was like how i interpreted it but like if I showed any side of my true self in a way, like especially when I got drunk, people I think people did get suspicious of me or they just thought, oh, that's just how Mike talks. When I got drunk, I think she came out. You know what I mean? Like mm. the girl side of Mike mm-hmm. inside kind of came comes out a little bit when I'm drunk. And that's when I didn't have the control anymore because alcohol kind of disables all your functions. So I was kind of right. like, oh, I got to be careful. I can't get you drunk tonight because I want to start talking like really feminine with my hands or just get really crazy. And then people are going to find out that way i had to worry about all these things every five seconds like constantly like okay the way you walk make sure you do this or the way you do this like you have to constantly walk on eggshells because someone's going to get suspicious and 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 so like once i came out i'm like oh my like that i could not believe how much that feeling was like the weight is true it's a real expression like you feel this like shoulder tension of like so much horrible dark energy on you that's just like going to get it gets heavier as you get older until you finally come out and it just so quickly, like you feel like you're floating. It was it was a pretty incredible experience for sure. I I want to like just comment too before we move into like the next stage of your life, the positive side. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, is that like obviously I can't speak to this, and I also don't want to make it sound like I'm generalizing, but I feel like for those people who are looking to come out, I I think nowadays you're outcome of you coming out is going to be more similar and more aligned to what happened with you than it is the negative like you think the world is going to end if you come out and all these people are not going to like you or whatever pressures that you're feeling that you have felt at um a young age i feel like nowadays this is such a big topic now and it's a little bit more accepted we're not totally there yet but it's definitely way more accepted than 10, 15 years ago, I feel like their stories are going to align a lot more with you that people are really aren't going to care if you're gay or not. And mm-hmm. so as a, as a straight guy who has, whose best friend came out to him, you know, 15 years later, um, uh, you know, as far you come out when you're ready. Um, that's, uh, I don't know what that feeling's like, so I can't, like I said, it's hard for me to speak to it. Um, without being, uh, what do you, what do you say? Uh, tone deaf. Yes. But it's hard to me. But at, like I said, as a straight man whose best friend who, what, hid being a homosexual for so long, trust me, I, I, I'm going to 
I'm going to argue the fact that it's more than likely going to be a positive outcome when you do than a negative outcome, especially nowadays. Mm -hmm. Do it when you're ready, but I, I encourage you, you know, confide in someone if you need to, but it, it's better on the other side because, like I said, once we get into where you're at now, um, that wouldn't have, you wouldn't be here right now. Yeah. If, you know what I mean? You wouldn't be what you are doing what you're doing and just absolutely crushing life this game we call you know life if you didn't do what you did and if you didn't get these reactions and i think those reactions are are going to be a lot, a lot more positive I obviously so. every yeah obviously every situation is different there are some people who suck that yeah. you're never going to avoid that though it doesn't whether you're gay or straight you're never going to avoid the fact that people some people just suck. And some areas, too, of, of the United States are, I think we're in a good spot right now, especially recently our area, Montgomery County, is becoming much more progressive over, over time. But yeah. um, do you think that living in a different place helped you? Like, would you say maybe as a recommendation, like if you're living in like Utah, like mm. maybe don't live there? I, th yeah. I think, I think I since you were able to almost like sniper it because you were close enough to be in the same area but you're far away like that you're far enough away that you can hit your target because you came out when you were in north jersey you know what i right, mean but yeah. i meant more like geographically like are there areas that you would say like having this experience like do you think if someone's struggling like maybe don't come out and the shit shit sticks of kentucky like if you're afraid move somewhere that's easier to come out? Yeah. Does that sound dumb? I don't no, know. No, it does not. It, it, no, it's a really good point because, you know, one of the crazy things about Utah is something we can talk about. Oh, I forgot that you lived there, right? Yes. Oh, I didn't mean, I just meant like, no, I meant somewhere that, like uh, That like was a great rural. example, though. I'm sorry. That's a great example, though, because no, because Utah still has 63% uh, of the population is Mormon. Um, nice. And there was 3.2 million people. So if you do the math, I mean, it's a lot of, it's like almost everyone's Mormon. And um Modern Mormons today are accepting LGBT. Um, it's a weird dynamic. You got some Mormons that are super like, fuck hey, we got a church like every Easter and Christmas like Catholics do. You know, you're not really involved, but you're kind of like, okay, cool, my son's gay or it's it's okay, they're accepted. But a lot of Mormons are like, okay, well, it's our duty to love you, um, but we're gonna treat you like an acquaintance. So you go from being your own blood family to like, oh, like you can come through dinner, but you cannot look like you're gay. You can't bring a mm. boyfriend. You can't, you just have to be like the asexual son that's straight and like not, or just devoting yourself to God. Um, and it's very hard for a lot of gay people to find that out about their family that, oh, we still love you, but we don't agree with you at all. And you're kind of like, well, then I don't want to be, fuck you then, you know? And so we have a problem in Utah where there's a huge LGBT homeless community um, because of the Mormonism and stuff like that. I don't want to hate on Mormonism, by the way, <laughs> um, but I'm just saying the truth. Um, so uh, they, um, you know, it's, it's just sad to see these poor kids who just are like 17 to 18 and are kicked out and they only have no one in their own families going to accept them. The church excommunicated them out, so not part of that. And they only know the church with that, how that religion works. So, yeah, I would probably not recommend Utah if you're going to come out as gay. <laughs> um, maybe downtown Salt Lake City is definitely becoming amazingly huge on LGBT. Like, it's pride flags everywhere. It's really, really cool. And I feel accepted in the downtown, but, yeah, quickly out of the city. Um, for any gay man or gay woman um, that's in the closet, I would recommend maybe going to a city. I feel like any city you go to will accept you. You will find your family in quotes, like not your blood, but you'll find a family that will accept you and love you 
as much as you want. It's gonna be difficult if you're in the rural area and you're young, you can't leave yet, you're still in high school, but stick with it. And um, you know, I would just suggest just any city really it, to help you on that. I mean, unfortunately, that's the only real solution right now if you are too worried about being threatening or you know even killed. So it's kind of like, it's just difficult. I would say California too. <laughs> I know yeah. every gay mm -hmm. person flocks there. I did when I came out, mm -hmm. you know, it kind of worked out um, where I felt pretty accepted out there to be whoever you want to be. And that really did change my life. I lived there for four years um, and that, that really, that was a that was a trip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think we're fortunate, like I said, your group of friends, I've said it once, I'll say it a million times, like you boys are just, exceptional friends to each other but this area too i think definitely helps with that acceptance piece that bobby was was speaking to mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i actually have a funny story about lansdale though because last year uh my husband and i came went to tex-mex so if any locals know that place <laughs> um me and me and shorty were there with my sister and my cousin and um we met some guy that's from the Bay Area there. So we got like a huge, he's like an old local that's always there. And there's like a bunch of old locals because it was in the middle of the day. So usually that's when you see the locals that are retired. Yeah, <laughs> and, the regulars um, we call them. Yep, the irregulars, yeah. And so um, we were, he, he was drunk and he was like, oh, like I want to get a picture with you guys. He's like, can you both be kissing my cheek? He was like a straight guy that was just totally like Bay Area. Like I don't yeah. give a fuck. And so we, in the Tex-Mex, we were like, we, we were like getting this oh picture done and it was not cool though. I mean, like mm -hmm. every guy there was like not down. And um, I don't want to hate, them. I know, I don't want, the bar was like, don't care, but it's the it's the patrons. And that's this typical, like this area maybe at times and stuff, like it's a little rural and spots. It's not everywhere. It's definitely changing here, but it was definitely like really uncomfortable because once we did that to the guy, they were all making fun of him for doing that. And then they were like, oh, that's fucking faggot shit. You know, and then my, my husband is an ex-military crazy head and hothead at times if, if you're mistreating me or disrespecting me like he won't hold back and so he'll stab you with a spoon you're right <laughs> like, <laughs> so great. so it was That's like great. once i felt that energy kind of now they know that okay those two are probably definitely together or they're being like gay and in this bar and the guy that they all know they're ragging on him and so like I, we had to leave unfortunately mm -hmm. I, I didn't even finish my drink because i knew that something was about to go down because mm -hmm. alex was not he's not from here he already is triggered by the culture here mm -hmm. <laughs> so he was like it's not the time you know and so it still happens it still happens to me today <laughs> like you know yeah. I, but i've changed and accepted who i am and i don't give a fuck anymore like you can hate me all you want like whatever <laughs> and to, to build off of that i think i think it's a good time to get mm -hmm. into where you're at now which like I had mentioned before, is probably the most beautiful state, not uh, geographically, just mindset that you're in um, that I've ever seen you in. The, the state that you're in right now, you're married. You have uh, you have a job that a lot of people don't have because Very of COVID. That, yeah. Very fortunate. You're living in a beautiful state of Utah. Um, you got a nice apartment. You're traveling. You're out in the woods. You're doing literally everything that I imagined you when I was nine, when I met you, everything that I imagined you to do, it just happens to be with a guy. <laughs> exactly. That was my dreams too. Yeah, like, it's just everything fulfilled. Yeah, yeah. Everything's going well. So, I mean, how do you feel now? Like, like what's it like being out of the closet? Everybody knows and just not giving a shit. Oh my God. This is like, this is a dream come true. Um, I remember when I was about like nine or 10 years old dealing with the beginnings of the struggle was like my goal in my life is to like own a home somewhere in the mountains where there's evergreens and pines around. And then there's like a lake at the bottom of the hill 
and I'm just with some sexy ass man that loves me who I am and I'm loving him who I am. And we are just like living this dream of just being out in the woods and, and I get to like run away from home and just be with some guy. I used to have dreams about it I'm too. Crying. <laughs> Shocking, I know. I used to have dreams even of it. Like I would dream that I met some guy in my dream and he was like everything I wanted. And it was like a beautiful dream that I woke up reality in Philadelphia where everyone hates me. <laughs> it was like, oh God, I definitely need to make moves when I get 18. <laughs> well, to be fair, we all hate each other in Philly, I know, right? So. That's, 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 that's the vibe. I mean, come on, like, fuck off. <laughs> Aren't you glad to be home? Like shit. I know, right? Like gotta get take that Xanax, God. Um, but no, mentally, it was it was it took a lot of work. It's a, it's still a work in progress to find the true happiness. I think I'm pretty much there um, for what everything. I had to move a lot. I basically became a nomad, and um, I I moved. You know, I lived in New York and Jersey that we talked about. I'm from Pennsylvania. I moved to California. Realized that as much as I tried to become a Californian, it wasn't working. Um, I just wasn't feeling it. I I felt animosity. I felt judged. It was a lot of anxiety. There's so many people. It was just overwhelming. And so I was like, this is still not my goal. I'm not really a beach person. I love the beach, but it was like, this isn't what I was, this is not my goal that I've had since I was a, a child. Like I'm a mountain man. So I remember just randomly getting tickets off Southwest, like $50 deal or something to Salt Lake City and thought, babe, like screw it. Like we loved road tripping. We love traveling. Like let's go to Utah, I'd never been there and we didn't do, and of course I had strep throat, this is like pre COVID, but you know, <laughs> um, I had like strep throat out there. So we couldn't even do anything. Mm. Like we went to Utah and I like stayed in the Salt Lake city area and we just like, I like died, like lived on throat lozenges. And um, <laughs> we were just like joking, like, wow, I could live here. It's very, it reminds me of Hatfield. It reminds me of Philadelphia suburbs, like exactly, except with like ridiculous mountains in the background. And um, I was like, yeah, I could see that, but we just joked. And then all of a sudden, we got to 2018 um, and me and me and my husband were going through like a crazy spiritual awakening. It was pretty intense. And um, I figured it out. Like I just figured out how to do this. Like how do you cancel? Like you can like narrow your vision and like just cancel every source of person or any influence and just like narrow your vision and go straight for that goal. And like no matter what's distracting you in normal life things, bills or someone got this or like someone, your your cousin got in like an accident and then, yeah, that sucks. But like I focused and I'm like, yo, I looked at Alex and I'm like, can you ask your company if like maybe we can move or something like that? Cause I'm gonna go and um, bluff at my company tomorrow. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell them that you got a job in Salt Lake City and I have no choice. So either you, you I quit or you guys let me work remote. Like I gave him an ultimatum <laughs> and I was like, Damn. yeah, I was just like, let's fuck it. Like if I ruin my life and crash like a dying star right now, like, at least I'll do it in Utah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, let me just try. And they totally were like, Hmm. Okay. Like, let's see if we can do this. And they told me that I could, I went home that day and I looked at my husband and I'm like, we're moving to Utah. And he's like, no way they approved you to move and keep your job. I'm like, yep. So you can quit and we'll find you a job out there. Fuck it. It might be a struggle, but we have each other. So let's just do it because this is like what I want. This is what you want. Like, let's fucking go. And so we just picked up. I think it was like when I decided, when I found out that I could go to Utah with keeping my same job. It was like and, three months. No, it was, I think I booked the apartment without even flying there to see one in like three days. Oh my God. And <laughs> so much anxiety. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I'm crazy. I'm like, I'm, I'm a nomad. So like, I was just like, oh, this is cool. Like I did all my research, did all my demographics. I figured out all the seven variables that I do about every state. Um, you know, between diversity to acceptance, to economy, to job market, to 
um, population density to, I go all crazy. And I did it in like one night, researched the entire state of Utah from top to bottom and was like, boom, we're doing this. So I found a town outside of the city in the hills of, yeah, I feel like I'm such a bougie bitch now. Like, <laughs> like okay, well, let's do this. So we like, I think it was in within like two weeks from deciding we moved. <laughs> like I picked up all wild. this shit and traveled across the Sierras and everything to get over to, uh, to Utah and just like, here we go. And then my husband had to hustle for like a couple months to get a job. Um, but I'm living like the visions I had in my dreams since I was a child. Like it's exactly what I envisioned. And I had to do it just by going over the obstacles and ignoring the outside sources that are trying to bring you down and give you doubt, fear, just get rid of it all. And I just fucking went for it. And it was like, wow, that's all you got to do is just cancel doubt and fear and get your goal. Like that's wild to me. And, um, the journey in Utah has been incredible. We've been there for a little over two years. Um, but it's like, I don't think I've ever felt so mentally stable before. Wow, uh, that's yeah. awesome. That's great. So you're living in Utah now. You're happy. You're living this best life, okay? And they say happiness is at the end of the road of a struggle. And I know what that struggle was. You know what I mean? That ultimately led you to where you're at now. What does that look like? It was, you know, I would. I don't want to speak for everyone there, but when I when I moved to California, it was... It was really exciting. I was a freshly new gay guy. I had a lot of, I was dating someone in a monogamous relationship. So it's not like it was like, oh, I'm excited to meet people in terms of a relationship. But I started seeing patterns that, um, you know, I come from a rural area. So I'm one of those gay people that was not in a city or an accepting kind of environment for it. I had a struggle for so long and I noticed there was some kind of form of ignorance within the young gay community, and I probably might get hate a lot about this, but it's not everyone, but I noticed that- well, it's your if, story, so you can- Yeah, mm-hmm. true. <laughs> um, I came from a completely different atmosphere of culture uh, going to California. So it was a large, like a really impactful culture shock for me. Um, it was very hard for me to adjust. Uh, I, I come from the woods. I'm cutting wood and hunting my whole life. I'm basically- the the stereotypical trump supporting redneck racist like person that people would you know think of if you initially saw me i'm wearing camo with look i'm wearing a tractor hat right now with camo on it like <laughs> literally like people would be like which well, let's disclaimer you're not racist obviously your yeah husband, obviously your husband what is what descent is he oh he's mexican he's mexican so your husband's yeah. mexican and I, I don't need to know whether you voted for trump but i'm gonna tell myself that you didn't anyway. <laughs> yeah so like it was just going there though you know it's a very largely liberal community and um i was kind of just like trying to fit in but i just i was sticking out like a sore thumb i was wearing my tims because you know east coast oh yeah yeah i'm rocking tims with freaking camo and like i just looked so weirdly awkward compared to everyone's like floral tanks and flip-flops <laughs> and high shorts that are skin tight with their bulge hanging out so it was just really hard for me to be like what and um i tried and it, the thing that bothered me was um I didn't really, I couldn't really find anyone out there. There was a few, especially in the Mexican community, there was a lot of gay guys that I would talk to that had struggles because their family was Catholic and they kicked them out or they don't talk to them. So there was that, but there was also this like really large group um, of people that were didn't have to struggle. They were more what you would say as a privileged gay man because they were raised in California where everyone is not taboo. Everyone at least out there has one family member that's proudly out. And um, I felt like they didn't, take the time to educate themselves on the LGBT history and why they're able to just freely be gay out in the streets. There was like a sense of like, 
it was pretentious or it came off kind of judgy and kind of snooty, if that's even a word. Like I felt like anytime I want, I was like a real guy trying to be like, let me talk to this guy at this gay bar. He's, you know, we're just in a conversation at the bar. And all of a sudden I get looked down and up. He's like, what are you like some redneck? Like I've been called like, like these terrible derogatory words within the own gay community um, because I wasn't dressed the way they assume you're supposed to dress um, or who to be. It was, you know, it, or how to act, you know? Yeah. I mean? Like it, it was. So they were treating you like you were different from them, even though you were going there to feel accepted and you ended up exactly. feeling more. I felt weird. like I was isolated from the gay community and then also like, isolated from the act of that straight people a lot of straight people don't accept my me being gay using religion and stuff like that or their upbringing um so i kind of was like stuck in the middle here as an outcast um my husband's the same way and so we're just kind of like okay well like you know these are beautiful people they have beautiful stories but they've been out since they were 11 and like completely supported by it and um they are just kind of like lost from the struggles and horror, like horrifying history of the gay community that they had to go to to get these rights, the power they had to do to get through to have the cops not beat them as well. Like it was a large, really scary process and it's still happening everywhere else in the world. I mean, America is definitely more privileged in terms of that, um, accepting gay, but it was very accepting over there. And now it's a great thing you would think, right? And. Um, but the, the outcast gays that had to live in the rural farms that moved to California to find that freedom can sometimes struggle to really be relatable to them. Um, people in California, not like all, but, you know, just saying in general, like, it's just a different culture. I mean, everyone can freely be gay and just like just be super colorful personalities and stuff. But we're still dealing with like an internal struggle of being like so hated and hidden for so long um, that sometimes I felt like I, I just like uh, whatever like you're just like internal homophobia or like oh whatever like you're just especially if there was conversations um about politics and we don't even have to talk about politics it's just if you don't agree with someone over there like at least when i was there it's like if i didn't agree with someone and just kind of said that like oh i don't know if i agree with that it was like immediately like well then get the fuck out of my face so you're saying because you weren't you didn't embrace this this colorful uh feminine you know style liberal like mm -hmm. very like left-sided you know i guess what you're saying like the hollywood perception if you will exactly. of, of a gay man because you were more you know i guess masculine is that the right way to say yeah it? I, I guess like yeah it's just more like i think I it's know. more just like since your agenda didn't align up with theirs you felt outcasted. i did so they, I, did they think you were like a fake gay like is that like I, is that a thing um, and I'm sorry, well, I'm no, very they call it, it's okay. This, no, but... I feel like a, a lot of gay people get mad at other ones that are kind of like still hiding who they are. And if they can feel that, they're kind of like, can you just be yourself? And I get that. It's like, dude, stop. You're out now. Like, you don't have to. I know it's a struggle because you had to go 20 something years doing this, but you're free now. And there's that support out there. There's nothing like negative about it. It's just, I personally was just like, okay, I love, I can't talk to any gay person out here. I've, I can't meet one that like likes to hunt and fish and four wheel and like do country shit. Cause that's how I was raised. I'm a country boy. So I was like in a city life full of openly gay people as a country rural guy that's gay. So it was just like, I just didn't relate to anything. It's like almost as much as that, that community wants to educate the heterosexual community about what they're about. 
it's like, well, you want to educate them about what you're about. You exactly. know what I mean? And it, and you know, in your experience, you felt found that a lot of them were closed minded to to doing that. It was very easy to just, you know, put the X up. Nope, don't want to learn anymore. If this, you know, and again, I'm not. I'm speaking generally, and I'm speaking towards your experience and. Mm-hmm. What you've confided in me, and and I I remember having these conversations with you while you were in California. I'm like, dude, I think you need to get out. I yeah. think you've I think you've outgrown the fact that these people don't want to learn anything more about you than what you have to offer on the surface level, and that's not who you are as a person. You're very spiritual and yeah. deep, and you're very rooted. You know what I mean? And I think it's it's kind of just like some of the people that I met in Florida. You know, you're very surface level and that's it and if you don't want to go past that it's not your it's not your area yeah and that's fine so i think i'm a little confused so did they see your like the hunting and the wearing camo and stuff did they see that as you still kind of denying that piece of you or was that just something that they were so unfamiliar with they just couldn't i feel like i mean there was i have friends out there that like love that about me like i had a couple people that were just like you're just you you're freaking just like a country redneck guy it's a joke as a mm-hmm. friend like you're just a gay mm-hmm. redneck you know and um i i loved that but it was just hard like if their friends would come around that were super like that judgy kind of like in terms of like whatever bitch like they watch too much reality tv that they mm-hmm. become reality tv mm-hmm. in person <laughs> so mm-hmm. it was like they would like i would like get judged or sometimes they would thought i was just trying to force masculinity because i used to had internal homophobia or something and i'm like dude i am literally the realest person ever please like i'm trying to just be myself but uh, you have to give me some room to like i d- never met i didn't grow around gay people so if, if if you're this is who you are can you give me a second to kind of like adjust for a minute and um it just seemed like a lot of times that wasn't allowed or like whatever and i'm not what aren't are you single and i'm like well no i'm like oh will you open relationship no i'm monogamous and then that's even more like what like okay good luck straight boy like you know and it it was it's not like i'm talking for everyone out there it was just that i was getting so much hate from i had multiple experience of hate like inward hate of like the community towards me because it was like Okay, fine. Like, I guess I'm not a fan, like, whatever. So, in the gay community, they have like 300 subgenres that you can like pick and choose who you like. So, this is something you probably don't know, but you know, you go from like the words of terms of twinks, terms of jocks, you got bears, cubs, otters. Like, there's all these groups and there's bars out there that literally are designed for that kind of look of a man. Wow, I didn't know that. It's, you, you kind of can go oh, shopping. I, I went there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, took him, I took him to what I, you know, I, people label me as a, they call a cub. You know, basically, I'm a guy that's going to turn into a bear because I'm a hairy, masculine, broad guy that's just like a, a straight dad at some point. And what like, would Bobby be? He would definitely be on my side yeah, as a cub or an otter. You know, like a... what's, what's, an, what's an otter? <laughs> it's like you're more like I guess you're you're still kind of like stout, like muscular, but you're a little bit more on the side of like skinnier and hairier on the, instead of being. But I would say he definitely fits probably more like towards cub. Um, nice. And yeah, so it was like. I, they did have that opportunity. So I would go to like the bear bars and um, to be like, okay, maybe these are my people wearing flannels and boots and going hunting. Like, it's great. But then this is where it got weird because um, I'm in a monogamous relationship with a man and in the bear community, it can be kind of pretty sexual. And they're men, like they're testosterone filled men that are like forward about it. Kind of really bad at flirting. <laughs> <laughs> men are terrible at flirting, gay or not. And um it was just like, it's weird. So I would go to the bar and I just want to like meet some guys as like friends, but it's not, that's not the goal. The goal is to get in my pants. 
So it's like, oh, this is really uncomfortable because I'm, you know, I don't know how to flirt. I dated a guy immediately. It was never a single man. So when a guy's flirting with me, I like shrivel up into a raisin. <laughs> like I don't even know what to do. And like, especially because I'm married and, and so I'm like, fuck, like I thought I found my community and they just want to have d- sex every day. I just feel like I, I do find it interesting. Welcome to our life. I, know. So. <laughs> I, I do find it interesting in the fact that like, you know, when you were in the process of coming out and you're so worried about being accepted and, and all the stuff from your heterosexual friends, your family and everything. And you're like, well, here's this community that is supposed to be so accepting of everybody. Right. That's kind of the the image that is portrayed. And it was almost a polar opposite on both ends where your coming out experience, you were so accepted by all of your heterosexual friends and family. You're like, Oh my gosh, didn't expect that. Then you go to this community. And the only thing that you experience is the polar opposite of rejection and feeling, um, you know, obsolete in these places where you thought you were supposed to be so accepted and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, I'm going to go to Salt Lake City, Utah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. I just figured like, you know, <laughs> that was, the, you know, that was the, really the driving factor. It was just like, you know, Alex, my husband was beat down and I was beat down to utter, like, I was just so exhausted living out there. Um, and then every time, like, I was almost like triggered, I was right on the border of explosion to people. So like him and I started developing this whack defensive wall between our own community where we would go out to the bar and we already knew what was going to happen. So it was like, okay, let's try, maybe not, like, maybe we'll be good. And then we get in there and immediately something like triggers, like someone says something to us or someone looks me up and down and gives a dirty look. It's like, I'm going to beat that guy's ass at this bar right fucking now because I'm trying to fucking enjoy a drink with my community and I'm already getting like judged and bitched at or like just, it's just, it's so frustrating, Katie. Like no idea. And so I was like, if I, I I don't know if I can survive another week here. Like if someone does it again, I may be in prison. And then two and a half weeks later, we're in Utah. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, in Utah, it's, it's, in 1993 right now um (laughs) i moved i moved there for the reason of being in 1993 where it's like kind of they're like behind the times not with gay rights i think there's a huge issue right now in utah where there's like anti-gay because of the mormon community um but it's changing and it's trying it's like almost like i'm able to go back in history now and see the struggles that they're you know the california never saw since like 1960 or 70 80 and like so we're just like Utah's going through this progression and I get to watch it and be a part of it and lift people up. And we've met so many wonderful friends out there within the community. And it's, yeah, it still has its quirks. You know, the gay community has a lot of trauma. So there's nothing wrong with emotionally reacting or being very defensive. It's just, that's how we are now because we were like criticized and ridiculed our entire lives. So we're kind of fragile. And, um, but out there, the ones at least we've met and the, the people we've been around, it seems to be a little bit more we're in a town now where it's a struggle to be gay so everyone's struggling it's not like they have been gay their whole life and they're like whatever like i've been three generations since there was hate so like they don't feel that but out in utah it's a struggle to be gay and you're very close to each other the whole community is still like we need to stay together in order to get our rights and that's why i kind of like was attracted to it i mean other than like the beautiful nature every five seconds but like you know, that was my sole like drive too, was to be like, well, I want to go somewhere where I can finally like feel like a country boy, but also be close to a city where I can still be like a city swag at times, but I get to like quickly 10 minutes away, go back to my woods. Like it just had everything I wanted and what I wanted to be. 
Um, so it was just like, that was the, that was the part. It was just, it was difficult. And I, I wish there was something better to educate the community about the history, but I mean, Hey, I, that's too much energy. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just tired. I do want to circle back because we talked about this off air a little bit and I kind of want to get into just a little bit more. Um, the piece that you spoke about trauma and a lot of gay people, whether it's men or women. Um, and I, it's an interesting piece that you had brought up before about, um, a lot of times gay people are perceived as being very defensive and they're quick to react and they're they're quick to get offended and and sometimes i guess maybe i don't want to use the word dramatic because as a female that's a triggering word for me we're, but we're, we're a little extra um, yeah i can admit i am too but so. you had <laughs> and you we were talking about this and you said you know i know that i was you know kind of judged by my community but it's hard for me to get upset with them because of this piece so can you kind of walk us through that what you were saying early yeah it's just it's like you know what i've come to learn is that if 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 a gay person gets really triggered or they're rea- I, I know now like because i'm one of them that okay well you're very passionate about something and it's something that is really deep and dear to you and if someone's like being kind of ignorant or kind of rude to you it's it goes from zero to 100 really quick because i feel like all of a sudden all that trauma just like throws up out of your mouth and you just want to like spew all this craziness and, and you react and sometimes it can be perceived wrong because a person's like whoa there like wrong with you like you know calm down and and sometimes you just have to kind of understand that like we're all just in this together just in different storylines and i wish we could all just like still come together and not get distracted by the media and trying to like poke fun at us or trying to like divert us and distract us and stuff i think i think you've done a really good job at like if something happens that triggers you as far as something that offends you about being a homosexual you've done Growing up, one, growing up helps a lot. Two, I think you just, at the person you are, you're really good at just taking it a step back and taking a big deep breath and going, how do I want to respond to this? Because mm-hmm. we've talked about, we talked about it yesterday. I'm not in control of your emotions and I'm not in control of how you decide that you want to respond to something. If I say something that offends you, you can either get really, really angry and react out of emotion and have a negative approach to it because that is the negative approach mm-hmm. or you can sit back like i said take a deep breath and go how how do i do this how do i at one educate this person um to thinking a different way or do i decide to just not you know what i mean and there i've seen you do that i've seen you go you know what this person's not even worth my time it's not worth my time then there's other people who are like but take a step back think about it this way and you're like oh okay you know He's right. Mike is right. I never thought about it that way. And you've just done, I just want to commend you. You've done a good job at not reacting out of emotion, even though we're Italian and know, that's what right? we do. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? That's exactly how we So are. like, you know, but you, you do a good job of that. You sit back and you're like, you know what, if something even in, within your own community or outside of your community, whatever, whatever, you're, you're pretty good at just going, you know what, how, before I say something back, let me think. It's 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 been a journey because I was kind of that hothead. As soon as I read something on social media, is dangerous because mm-hmm. especially the comment, the comment section. Oh my god! And you know, I remember the National Geographic posted a video or a picture of these two gay um, Ethiopians from Africa, and um, it was like a storyline on them on the Instagram post, and like the entire comment section was anti like anti gay like what the fuck i thought this was fucking na- nature like not this gay shit and like everyone is like hella hating and i'm reading it like an idiot yeah. getting so worked up that i ruined my entire day 
And like my husband would come home from work, like all like, "Hey, how's your day?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Like, I hate, why are people hating me? I'm a nice person." And it's like not even directly at, but I need to. I had to realize that a lot of people that just hate hate themselves and are going through a time in life that they are struggling themselves. So it's like, wow, that's really difficult. It's like like psychologically to condition yourself in order to be like, when I see someone hating me for being gay, like they definitely have some issues like we all have them so it's kind of like okay you're just trying to project your hate to make me get a reaction so that you feel validated that cool i made that guy feel like shit that felt so good you know what i mean like do you know when you're in traffic and someone cut you off and you want to make sure that they know that you cut them off so like you get that validation of like mm -hmm. yeah bitch like mm -hmm. give them the finger and like so that's how i've kind of taken the approach in life now to be super peace i just want internal peace and calm and that's the only i just kind of like let hate bounce off me now just like whatever like i don't give a fuck like i am living the my dream so like if you're hating on me then it's like well i'm sorry like i, I really hope you get some help <laughs> like, that's my response like it's not even i don't take it personally anymore I'm sorry you're so angry I yeah think, like that's exactly how i am i just think it's interesting that you that you were brought that whole piece of it up because i've had this conversation with people in my life about um we talk about trauma all the time on this podcast, mm -hmm. I would say. Um, last episode, especially child, childhood trauma. Like everybody grows up with it, whether you think you do or not. Gay, straight, whatever your life looks like. Your parents at some point have fucked you up. Something externally probably happened to you that fucked you up. And you grow up with this. Everybody has something, whatever that is. And then you add the whole hiding yourself your whole life if you're a gay person. And that's a whole other set of trauma on top of it. So I always try and tell people when I'm talking to them about this kind of thing like think about you and like the worst thing that happened to you and the thing that really hurts and then think about that being 20 years of your life and then like that wound is like poked at every single day for 20 years like that you'd be on edge too you mm -hmm. know what I mean so it's like not only do does the gay community have to overcome that piece of it if they are in a place where it's not as accepted but then they have to go through that piece that you're talking about where it's like okay I, I'm moving past this and now I have to not let it hurt me, see it for what it is, and then maybe educate someone on it or be empathetic to it. Like that's so many pieces that you have to go through that a straight person doesn't. So, I know. Like, and it's crazy because, I mean, even though I'm in a happy place today, me and Alex never show public affection or we're kind of still worried to hold our hands. I mean, I struggle with that still and I shouldn't. I shouldn't care, but it's also a safety feature that you still have to do in your life as a gay man. I'm, I've been out for years and proud, but holding his hand, I mean, I, I can't tell you, it does trigger me a little bit seeing everyone staring and in not in a positive way. There's some few that are like, oh my God, but you know. In your guys' <laughs> defense, 99% of the time that you guys are spending with each other, you're hiking up the side of a goddamn mountain. <laughs> so you don't really want to be holding hands with somebody. I know. You know what I mean? It's like, so true. It's so true. Um, but yeah, I just... I just feel like everyone needs to kind of take a step back and and not react. And especially if you want to educate someone, the issue we're having with that, especially if you're gay and try to educate a straight person, it comes off condescending or like angry, like, well, you should know this and you should have, it's like, okay, you're like humili humiliating me in public right now. No one wants to feel like that. No one wants to feel stupid. Mm -hmm. So it's like, don't make me feel stupid if I don't know, like just be really kind about it and just be like, look, I know like when he did that, oh, well, how did you know, when did you know you were gay? A lot of people would be like, fuck you, you know, like, what do you mean? Like, it's not a choice, dude. And it's like, okay, sorry. Like, I don't you know? know how to ask this question. Yeah, <laughs> like, I just didn't know because I've known you my whole life. 
I'm not sure like when this happened. I just want to know like when did it click and stuff. So that's when I was like, well, when did you find out you were straight? And it's like you don't even know how to answer that question. It's just like it came. <laughs> it just showed up one day. So yeah. I just think it's great that you're in a beautiful place. Um and I think it's a good time to give you kind of a closing argument like we like to give our guests a closing argument or statement. If there's one thing that you want one person to take from this episode, what would that look like? You're a beautiful person. Um, you know, you need to love yourself. If you if you can't love yourself, then you really, you know, I want to quote a RuPaul quote right here, but you know, if you can't love yourself, how are you going to love everybody else? And um, you're going to go through a lot of hardships and, and things. I just really think that stay strong and you're loved and you have people in your life. If it's not your family, there's people out there that will take you in and, and make sure that you're just as loved and what you deserve to be loved. Um, we're all beautiful people. So as much as hate in the world, jealousy, envy, every, all the seven sins of the inferno, <laughs> you know, you just have to kind of ignore that and follow your heart and, um, go with your goals and find that peace. And it doesn't matter what you need to do get to it as fast as you can. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how it's done. That's probably like one of the most beautiful closing arguments that we've had thus far. I know that was mostly aimed at, at those who are probably struggling with their sexuality, but I felt it too. So oh. thank you. Yes, everyone, please. Everyone. <laughs> um, so anyone who's struggling with, with any kind of issues like this, uh, are you open to them reaching out on you on social media? Do you want to plug yourself at all? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm definitely open to talk if anyone wants to needs any help or just advice. I'm I'm all here for it. All right. Do you know your Instagram handle? Yes, it's a it's a novel, but yeah. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> um, my Instagram is at mmaturin underscore didamizio, and I'll spell that one. It's it's at m m a t u r i n underscore d i d o M I Z I O. That was hard to follow. Yeah. And that was the rest of the alphabet. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't know if anyone's gonna pick that one up. <laughs> now they'll just get a notepad out and write it down. Yeah. Or they could just follow us on Instagram and then follow Mike. Oh yeah, true. <laughs> exactly. Also true. Um, thank you, Mike, so yeah. much oh, for yeah, joining thank us. You. Thank you guys for letting me talk about my life. So. <laughs> <laughs> this is a long time coming, and I, I thank you again for coming on. I appreciate it. As a, as a friend, as a brother, as a confidant, as a, any other adjective that you can describe our relationship as, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you. Uh, Caitlin, we, uh, you have a little bit to discuss real quick before we close out. So do you want to fill everybody in on that? Yes. First, I would like to shout out Bobby um, in pointing out that we are human beings, Bobby and I. Um, and every once in a while, you work your ass off and you get tired and you need a break. So um with Mental Health Awareness Month coming up um, and the upcoming release of this episode that we have discussed with Jake Lors and Joel Chandler, we're going to take a break next week, guys. We have a lot of great stuff that we're looking forward to bringing you. And in order to deliver it to you guys in the very best way possible without completely fucking losing our minds, we're just going to cool it for a week. Yeah. And good thing that this episode's extra long, so you can uh, split it into two weeks. So yeah. you can use it. Thanks, them. Mike. We appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, right. Talk too much. Yeah. So we are going to take a break next week. Um, I, I just think, I hate to say it to you guys, but fuck you. We deserve it. And it's worth <laughs> the wait. It's going to be worth the wait, dude. It's so it's a great episode. Yeah, I, I left that episode after recording it so inspired. Like, I thought about things that I wanted to do my whole life and just was like, yes, I'm doing them. This is it. So guys, get pumped. We got something good coming for you. But until then, 
We won't see you next Thursday. We'll see you the following. Love you. Love you guys. 